The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the February 6th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to break down a busy, injury-plagued week uh, on the horizon. We had a bad weekend, man. A lot of really bad injuries. Just down weekend overall. Uh, with me to break this down and cheer everyone up is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Mike? All right. Cheer me up, man. Tell, feel me, tell me to feel better about me losing Zach Levine in the 30-team league. Uh, I don't know how to help you. There. <laughs> I, saw you I saw you got Brandon Rush, but that's, yeah. you know. How much did you bid for him, by the way? What's that? How much did you bid? Uh, I bid initially. I had something crazy high, like yeah, me seventy-seven too. or something. Yep. And then for whatever reason, I scaled it back to like one twelve, and that was that was my stupid decision. I have no idea why I did that. Yeah, I had high because I saw him like okay, eighteen minutes in the first half. Oh, let's just get into it now. Ryan and I are first and second in our division for the thirty-man league. We talk about all the time. Uh, so let's get down to it. I'm sure you guys know by now. On Friday. Zach Levine had what was called a knee contusion at first, and it's like, okay, cool, day to day, and then bam, man, oh, I was in my, I was in my kitchen and I saw the 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 tweet to get to get a quick drink, I lost it when I was like, oh, torn ACL, and uh, but yeah, so he's out for the season, uh, so I'll let you kick this one off. What what are you thinking here? Obviously, number three in the league in minutes per game. So massive hole. I mean, he's got a pretty good usage rate. He's got three assists, man. Just a big, big hole. One guy can't plug it. So who do you think fills in? Obviously, matchup factor will be here. But if you need to make a pickup in this group, who do you like and why, I guess? Uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you said he was playing so many minutes that uh, they don't have one player who can absorb all that. So it's going to be a, a true team effort here. Um, I think you're going to see more starts from Rush because – they need the perimeter shooting. I mean, Levine spread the court for them, which is something they need. Um, Rush does that as well. He was really good in two previous starts, mm. um, especially racking up defensive stats. I think he had multiple steals and blocks in yeah. both of those I think previous three starts. three and a half or something. It was crazy. Yeah. So 38 I, minutes. You know, I think he's a good speculative pickup, especially in 14 or deeper. You should probably grab him. Um, I think Chris Dunn could be a big winner here. We saw Tyus Jones got a lot of run. Um Without Levine, they closed out the game with Tyus Jones, so I think when, when Dunn gets back, he might slot into that role. Uh, you got Shabazz Muhammad, who's going to pick up some minutes, but I don't love him. His, his game isn't very fantasy-friendly, so it's tough. There's no huge winner, but I think I would say Rush and probably Dunn are the biggest winners here. Yeah, the, the Dunn thing scares me because we've seen Dunn get put in the doghouse, and the way that offense is put together is they really need three-point shooting, and Dunn isn't uh-huh. there yet. Right. So that makes me think that, like you said, Baz, Muhammad, although he's been really, really hot from three. The thing is, like we've t- we talked about this a month ago, what, Tyler Johnson has pretty much, he, Tyler Johnson had a four block game in what, 30 minutes or whatever it was, Muhammad, 921 minutes, four blocks on the entire season. Um, yeah. Just doesn't do it. The lack of defense is so rough. But he, like I was thinking, he's kind of like like a, a forward or a small forward Ennis Cantor, 
like a guy who's he should be okay in percentages. He'll get he's gonna be pretty he's been really good at threes lately. Like I said, I think he's like top two or three since twenty seventeen. Been really <laughs> shooting the ball well. Um, but yeah, so I, I like I think if I'm just shooting for upside, I probably would go Tyus. Just because, I mean, he's going to give you some steals, some assists, some threes. Like we, like we were saying, 14 minutes next to Rubio is really encouraging. But the whole Chris Dunn thing is really scary. Like, I'm not, if I'm cutting a guy who I'm getting production out of, I would hold off and see where Chris Dunn comes into this situation. Uh, we saw Nemanja Bielitsa get a, a good amount of run in um, in the first game that Levine missed, but that was without Muhammad, so that was a big factor there. So I, what I was thinking was, okay, Saturday, they were like, oh, we don't know if Levine's in. If not, we'll go with what we know, which was Rush. We'll just throw Rush in there, give Rush Levine's minutes, call it good. Give him the 39 minutes that they were doing. So now that he has a couple days to think about it, get X's and O's, figure out who works with who else, I think we're going to see some other things. I'm not even sure Rush starts, but we know Tibbs likes to go really front, like first unit heavy. I believe their first unit's by far most, uh, most played together minutes all season. So... Yeah, well, just wait and see. I mean, if your league's deep and you're cutting scraps, I would go whatever you need more. If you need scoring, go with Muhammad and then Tyus. Yeah. And there's one one little subtle wrinkle that I think might play out to the advantage of Gorgie Jang's owners, and that is we've seen a couple games when Muhammad gets hot, and as a consequence, Jang's minutes get cut a little bit. Um, so hopefully this will mitigate that because there's going to be more minutes available, you know, writ large, and hopefully uh, Muhammad and Jang will share the court a little bit more. Yeah, they went with Muhammad at the four. Uh, they went yeah. Rubio, Tyus, Muhammad, and Cat, and they were trailing. Uh, so that was something to think about. I was a little, I thought they were going to go with Bielitsa down when I was watching that game. Like, I was subbing in. And yeah, so I mean, it was like a really good day. Yesterday was a really, or Saturday, excuse me, was a really good day for Muhammad, or Muhammad and a really bad day for Rush. So like, like you're saying, when I had, when I was getting ready to make my price on Rush, I went so high. I was about to blow like half of my FAAB. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like, yeah, maybe not. I'll go like 17%. But yeah, it sounds like I was pretty much perfect. I was just ahead of yeah. you. Yep. Nice. And I started thinking about the uh, the fantasy playoffs and all those yep. like random dudes who suddenly for three games get hot and that can make the difference. So trade, you know, trade deadline. want to be, trade be in a position to outbid someone like you. Trade deadline, man. Yeah, exactly. The trade deadline in our 30 deep league is, is hot fire. There's always a good pick up there. Okay, so enough about the Levine. Anybody? Uh, oh, also, by the way, Wiggins gets a bump. He has about an 8% usage yeah, bump. Sure. I think Rubio will handle the ball a little bit more. Cat hasn't really been influenced. He's pretty high usage anyways. Um, yeah, and then Jang is not really much of a scorer anyway. So. But yeah, like you said, maybe a few minutes here and there because we won't have, we'll have Bosmore at the three, Wiggins towards the two. So yeah, opens him up. Okay, so the other big story of the week uh, on the positive side of things is Hey Boo Boo! Um, Yogi Mania. Man, that was one of the craziest games of the season. We uh, we also, I was looking at the notes last week, we did mention Farrell quite a bit that, hey, this guy could be good with Rick Carlisle, the point guard whisperer, and kaboom, 32 points, nine three-pointers, five assists on 11-17 in Portland. Woo! Uh, so how hot of an ad is he? I mean, obviously, if you have something you're not going to miss, you're going to pick him up. But if you had a guy that you're like hanging around 120 value and he's just kind of there... Would you cut him for Farrell and see how high how high this balloon can fly? Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's looked really good. The minutes are huge. He's played at least 36 minutes in his four games with Dallas. Um, Carla obviously loves him. You know, you don't know what's going to happen when D. Will gets back. 
Uh, obviously, that's a huge unknown mm-hmm. sort of hanging over him. Uh, eventually, Berea is going to come back, so this rotation is going to tighten up. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, he he was awesome against the Blazers, and part of that you got to give credit to the Blazers defense for his his evening, um, especially on like that last three that he hit, that dagger. <sighs> he, was just, he was wide open at the top of the key. A guy who's who was at that point eight of ten from downtown. I'm like, how do you leave him that open? Yeah, that's not um, a lot. The Blazers do that a lot, man. Like it's, I love the Blazers, but they leave a lot of guys open. Yeah, so I think, you know, you take that huge game, obviously, with a grain of salt. But, yeah, um, yeah he's still been solid enough. The steals were there. The assists were there in the three games prior. Uh, and he can shoot from downtown, so why not? And I was thinking about this, kind of on a tangent. I was thinking, like, because, you know, we like to be kind of ahead of the curve on guys that are coming up. I feel that I have more regret when I second-guess a pickup rather than second-guess a drop. Because if I'm thinking about dropping a guy... I'm thinking about dropping him for a reason. And usually, I mean, if I'm dropping a guy, it doesn't, I'm like, oh, why did I drop that guy? Usually it's like, oh, I had a chance to pick him up. Someone was there 20 minutes later, whatever, and I didn't pick him up, and I regret it. Like, probably 10 to 1, man. I, I rarely regret my drops. So, uh, I yeah. I, I'd say that's true, and I think part of it is just the psychology of like, of like, well, I could do nothing, and then not hurt myself. So Especially in this part more, of the season. It, it feels like there's more risk involved it, like to make a move, um, whereas in fact you might just be hurting yourself. Right. Well, I mean, I mean at, this, at this stage of the game, like where it's... Well, we know what the players are pretty much, you know? Yeah. So like, if you're right. cutting a guy who's been for over half a season and he's been only 120 and he's not really doing it for you, why not pick up a guy who was hot? I like It just doesn't make like, the chances of... You would need more to happen for that guy that you're cutting to be a top... I don't know. I always shoot for upsides. So that's kind of why I, yeah. I tend to be, and like we love two for ones and just having roster flexibility. Like I don't care. If someone, if okay, if this guy fails, then there'll be somebody else, and I'll yeah. make sure I, I pick I, him I, up. Yep, I, I usually try to keep at least this one spot open, assuming you have decent transaction limits, um, to essentially just stream a spot, and that way it makes me less hesitant to cut a guy who might just be low end, because I'm, you know, just cycling through players, and then if you hit on someone, you know, you get lucky and you get Willie Hernan Gomez or something, yeah. and suddenly you realize, wow, I've got a rest of season asset here. This is awesome. Yep, um, like I waited on yeah, Hernan Gomez. Makes and it easier. I waited on Hernan Gomez. I was like, all right, let me see one more, and Steve beat me. Yep. There you and go. And I regret it. Yeah. So it's uh. Yeah, it's the point. Like that's why we will get to. That's why we like Levert so much. It's because like he looks freaking awesome, and he could be the next big thing to change to change the game. But yeah, I'm I'm down with game changers, man. I don't care about guys that are just hanging around, especially in like twelve teams or ten team leagues. Okay, so the other guy who was coming in hot into the week and comes out even hotter, as we alluded to, is Billy Hernan Gomez. Holy woo! Uh, he's in a great spot right now. He's putting up double doubles all over the place. Uh, had a really nice 16-5-5 and game, two blocks, 7-10. He's shooting the ball pretty well. Uh, this guy played three minutes on Sunday, and then he goes 32-25-36, just massive numbers. Really the hot mm-hmm. pickup of the week. So uh, is he must-add or what? Joe Kim Noah's out at least a little bit with a hamstring. Hornacek talked him up uh, to play him more, and he's playing great. Yeah, I honestly do think that you have to add him I'm, I'm- Usually pretty shy with a must-own label, but right. uh, this guy looks like the real deal. I mean, he just looks so confident and natural on the court. It's amazing. Like, most rookies do not look like this when they play. Yeah. Um, he's shooting 70% from the line on the season, so you love that from a big man. Uh, 54% from the field. He blocks shots. 
you know, you mentioned that the double doubles and Noah with his injury history, you gotta think he's gonna miss at least a couple games with his hamstring. So the hope is that Hernan Gomez locks down that center spot, which he's basically earned at this point. Yeah, and also I should add that Hornacek said on Sunday that he likes the pairing between Kyle Quinn and Jennings. So that's right. interesting on two counts. One, because so when Rose comes back, do they start Rose and then go with Billy? And then they keep that's kind of I got that, and then also short term Oakland starts now. So I, I, when I heard that, like I thought that was a positive for Billy, because uh, if he if he likes those two together, then keep him the second unit, and then start Billy. Yeah. And but it, I mean that's obviously with Noah too, so that, that's another factor. But another another bonus is, uh, and I love multiple positions. Uh, he's playing two positions. That's huge, especially with KCP with the Achilles and. The back injury, so yeah, he has multiple avenues for minutes for a, a very injury-prone frame. Even Melo too, like Melo plays some four, so he has really three avenues for minutes on three injury-prone players in front of him. It's a really good spot. Yeah, it's pr- pretty perfect, and it, it had been more of like a hot hand front court situation for Hornacek, but I think we're going to see a lot less of that as the season goes on. Yep, yep, they're slipping in the standings. See what this kid has. Uh, okay, so a couple other injuries. Minor one, thank goodness. Jimmy Butler, Friday. Man, if you played DFS and you started Jimmy Butler on Friday, you got burned hard. Hoiberg uh, said same starting lineup. Butler went through the warm-ups and just couldn't go. Got an MRI. He's day-to-day. So we'll probably sit him this week. We may, well, Actually, they're supposed to say something today uh, on his status. But uh, if you don't know, you kind of got to bench him for, for a heel injury. Those things could be tricky. We saw what happened with Evan Fournier. What do you do? Like, I mean, this team's such a mess. I mean, they had Denzel Valentine not down there on Friday. Had it would have had a great chance. I, I don't even. I'm not making any pickups here, man. Michael Carter Williams was good on Friday, but I I won't own Michael Carter Williams. No, I mean Jimmy's just day to day. You mentioned that heel injuries can be tricky, and they can. But Butler typically plays through anything. Um, MRI was negative, so I think even if he misses a few more games, there might be some opportunity for DFS, but it's so hard to guess what this rotation is going to be. You know, even if Miritich gets minutes, is he going to hit shots? Huh. Same with McDermott. So just too much, too many unknowns. Yeah. It's so annoying. Um, I don't really think, I mean, Zipster gets, has been getting minutes a little bit. Zipster is freaking Hoiberg's boy, apparently. Um, yeah, we saw usage bumps. So pretty much like if Taj is floating on the wire, like I would probably pick him up and play him this week. Because um, I don't know, in shower formats, he should be all right. Um, I'm good. Any, anything else you want to add, bulls wise? No, pretty clear cut. Okay, just uh, quickly on Kyrie, he had a quad injury over the weekend. That's not the hamstring injury that bothered him earlier of last month. So I mean, he's I'm not I'm not too worried about it. But the only thing is, all these little things keep adding up and adding up. And Kyrie missed a back to back set for rest. Missed both ends of it. The more and more the Cavs win, and especially with the Raptors losing so many games, and I mean Boston's obviously playing well. Boston's only two games back, uh, even with which, which is kind of surprising with how poorly the Cavs played in January. So Kyrie's kind of a sell high man, but and there's really not a pickup. I mean Shumpert had a bigger opportunity. LeBron's been good. Love had a phenomenal game on Saturday. So I mean, any takeaways on this Kyrie thing, or anything you disagree with on what I said? No, well, well, it's funny because you mentioned the thing about Jimmy Butler burning owners in DFS, and yep. uh, my wife freaked out last night because she she set a lineup that locked at seven thirty, and at like exactly seven thirty, it was reported that Irving was out, and he was in all of her lineups, so she doesn't want to hear his name. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it, you know, this is kind of reminiscent of that hamstring injury he had, where initially it was described as cramping, uh, then it 
turned into tightness, and then he ended up missing two games because the Cavs just played it safe. So although he says that he's fine and is going to play on Monday, that's not a given. Um, at the same time, I'm with you. I don't see a clear pickup. It's just basically more usage for LeBron and Kevin Love. Yeah, Kyrie is everything in the playoffs, man. They want that guy a completely full go, even if you know they're you know, the whole rest, rest versus rust factor. They're going to play an eight seed in the first round. There's your preseason for the postseason. Uh, they, they can they can win that game with a rusty Kyrie or rust, a series, excuse me. So move on. Uh, man, we've been talking about him for like a month and a half, and we have an official date for Chris Middleton. He is back. He will play Wednesday against the Heat. The Bucks do not play until then. They have three games this week. Okay, so let me give you the timeline. So December he was doing some shooting, early January doing some on-court work, very little contact, and pretty much some contact in mid-January. Then kind of went full throttle late January, and then really he was going through full practices and like pretty much right after that. And then he said on the broadcast on Wednesday that last Friday, so 10 days ago, that's when he's like, all right, let's go. Um, so he's been ready for almost, almost a week and a half, so... He's going to have about two weeks to be ready to go. So what are you expecting limitations-wise? We'll just talk about Middleton. So obviously he's owned right now. What are your expectations from maybe now to the All-Star break, All-Star break till St. Patrick's Day, and then the finals of the fantasy? Where do you see his growth going from fantasy value? Yeah, I mean, hopefully peaking right at that fantasy playoff uh, window. And I'll I'll admit, I was a little more pessimistic and certainly than you about his – you know, return timetable. It's all ruptured hamstring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the player's optimistically, like, targeting the All-Star Day. How many times have we seen that? And it just does not happen. Yeah. Um, so this is this is really amazing. If you picked him up, you got to pat yourself on the back here. Um, I, you know, I think initially before the All-Star break, he's probably just going to play a handful of minutes, maybe in the teens. Um, after the All-Star break, might, you know, raise it to 20, mid-20s, hopefully. Um, and then, you know, ideally a month in, he'll just be unleashed. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty much right there. I'm, I'm thinking like 16, 17, 18 from now until the break, and then 18 to 24, and then th- close to 30, right? We're making those time breaks we were talking about. So, yeah, I'm, I like him a lot. Okay, so affecting other players. Brogdon gets the kibosh. I think Brogdon's going to really fall off. Uh, he's getting about a third of his minutes at the two-guard. Delavadova's a better fit next to Middleton as a better ball handler. They've really counted on Brogdon as a catch-and-shoot guy next to Giannis, who really kind of runs the offense for them. So I see Brogdon getting hit hard. Yeah, you said um, absolutely. I think I own Brogdon in a couple leagues, and I'm cutting him left yeah. and right because I think, yeah, yeah the, the end is is nigh. Um, great, and great Delavadova's already not that appealing, so I think he's – you know, even if he maintains his current role, it's not really neither here nor there for owners in 12-team leagues. And so Giannis is, I mean, Giannis, he really can't max out any more than he is. But, uh, and he's not really a high-usage guy. Giannis is just all stats all the time. And his efficiency has actually dipped a little bit lately, so I think that can help him. Uh, he gets, I think, 64, 62% of his shots at within 8 feet. So a little extra spacing with Middleton could definitely be a good thing. So I think Giannis is just kind of a hold... Yeah, fine with him. I don't see it, you know, real up or down. Um, I do think that Jabari Parker might take a hit in the usage because, you know, it's it's hit, it's he and Giannis basically at this point. Um, so with Middleton in there, he's a high-volume shooter. I just think that's going to take some touches away from Parker. Actually, I looked that up for middle because I, when I got that news on Friday, I kind of dug in on Jabari's stats. 
So mm-hmm. he had last year Middleton was a twenty two point nine usage guy, which isn't bad. Uh, and then last season Jabari was with Middleton and Giannis. He was twenty point nine, and then without uh, without them he was twenty point eight. So he was it didn't yeah. really affect him. I, I, I'd hesitate to compare his numbers last yeah. year. This year, I think his role has changed quite a bit. But yeah. I, I take your point. It's, it might not be, you know, night and day. Yeah, I, I just think I think it's going to be just so much. It's going to be those three guys and just garbage. Like I think Monroe takes a hit. It's just going to be just those three guys dominating. Obviously, Dova Dova wasn't really sniffing value. Um, yeah, like nobody else is going to have value on that team. Yeah, it's so, tough. Yeah, I mean, those two guys, I think they're all going to be around 20 points. Middleton probably like 16, 17 points, but good numbers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I still I still see Giannis and Jabari being 20-point guys. And yeah, I mean, more space, for especially for Jabari. Uh, that guy likes open lanes a lot. I mean, he's been he's been Yeah, cutting. true enough. He's been... He's and been, uh, at the top of the show, you wanted me to cheer you up a little bit. And obviously, <laughs> Middleton's imminent return has, yes. to, has to cheer you because you stashed him on draft day in 30 deep, which is a bold move. Yeah, it was. People were surprised by that. And I had confidence in myself. And man, I would have been such a favorite if I had both. But all right, now I need Briante Weber. I need, uh, I need some guy. I, I stashed like a bunch of point guards. I'm just, I have like four point guards, backup point guards on my bench. Malcolm, <laughs> De, Malcolm Delaney has been really good lately, by the way. Yeah, and I've, just to wrap up our little 30 deep sidebar, <laughs> uh, how about Willie Cauley-Stein lately? Yeah, like, man, go ahead, talk about him. Finally, yeah, I mean, I, I drafted this guy on draft day pretty high. Um, I mean, not not like top 150 even, but uh, for 30 deep standards, and his role was just non-existent to begin the year. They absolutely weren't playing him at all alongside DeMarcus Cousins. Um, and now suddenly he's getting those minutes. He's playing down the stretch. He's looking better, you know, in, uh, operating in space with the ball, making easy passes, um, scoring around the rim with ease as he always does. Um, so yeah, he's looking looking really good. I think his role is probably here to stay. Yeah, I mean, hey, Willie's have been hot pickups for centers right now. We had Willie Reed, <laughs> Willie Hernan Gomez. So uh, yeah, maybe he's next. But yeah, he's played great. Uh, much better perimeter defense, in- interior defense, runs the floor really well. Um, yeah, he's he looks really good. Definitely a guy that if you want to stash, see what happens. Obviously, the Boogie trade rumors give him a little bonus. Not that we think Boogie was really happy on Saturday. Huge win for them. Okay, we got to pick up speed. Another injury that could be coming back is Josh Richardson. He is doing. He's traveling uh, with the team for tomorrow or today against the Wolves. Uh, and so obviously Dion Waiters is all world apparently. Um, I said in the blurb he found like some sort of magic potion to figure out how to be efficient or something like I don't know what the heck's going on. So yeah. where are we at with Jay Rich? Would you pick him up if you have Dion? Would you want to? Obviously, I know you and I love him as a sell high. Um, so what are you doing with Jay Rich and Dion and or Tyler Johnson and obviously Rodney Magruder pretty much goes bye bye. Yeah, forget him. Uh, <laughs> Josh Richardson, man. I feel like how many times have we had this conversation? Oh, my God. Of should you stash Josh Richardson? Such a tease. Like, uh, yeah, and typically, you know, it's the same answer we say. If you, if you, you know, have the space, if you can afford to keep him for another week or so without him playing, go for it. We've seen his upside, but for such a brief time that it's, you know, it wouldn't fault owners for just leaving him on the wire until we actually see him on the court. Um, <clears throat> but as for myself, like if I'm rolling in first or second and I've got some you know, relatively scrubby guy on my bench. I'll happily pick him up, see what happens. Yeah. Um, for sure. And with waiters, man, we, yeah, absolutely. I'm touting him as sell high. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think you and I agree that we thought that when Tyler Johnson came back, we'd see a quick decline in waiters' stats. Mm-hmm. But he, he just keeps scoring. He's getting assists. Um, steals have been there. 
it's it's great. So obviously roll with them until the bottom drops out. But uh, if you could trade them now, do so. Yeah, I, I I'm stunned. Like I can't. It's probably one of the biggest. What the heck? This yeah. guy? Like I don't I don't believe it. He's had such a track record of being just so useless. Uh, okay, I'm good with what you said. So another guy who had a big Saturday. And the comments that I'll get to are really impressive. Is Marquise Chris. This guy is a fouling machine. When he's not fouling, he's shown a lot of bright spots. Blake Griffin kind of tore him up earlier in the week. But I like what I'm seeing out of him. And Earl Watson had a good quote about him after the game. He talked about the young players playing well. And it kind of piqued my interest. He said, quote, the process is really interesting when he was talking about the roster. So the process, you hear those words. You hear him talking about young players surrounding that quote. Makes me think that they're going to give these young guys a little bit more. He also mentioned that Eric Bledsoe hit a, quote, physical wall on Saturday. That also was interesting to me. Not that I think it was more about the back-to-back than him being like, okay, we're playing too many minutes. So I like Marquise Chris kind of a lot. I mean, this guy can block and hit threes. He's going to be inefficient, so that hurts. But I like the upside, man, especially in head-to-head where you can live with poor percentages. Uh, I think he's a really good pickup. I probably wouldn't leave him on the wire over... Well, I mean, obviously Billy and Yogi, and but he's in that next, obviously Middleton, kind of in that next tier. I think he's right at the top of that next tier. Yeah, I like him as well, and I was not on him at all to begin yeah. the season. Um, we just saw the, the inefficiency was glaring, uh, but things look like they're starting to click for him. Um, you know, the defensive stats are great. You love to see that. He's been hitting threes lately, so that combination for Roto purposes is huge. Um, and I mean, Earl Watson earlier in the season said that he was going to, what, speed up the process. Jared Dudley said that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that was Jared Dudley. Yeah. And they've done that to some extent, but I think, you know, Chris comes in averaging 18.3 minutes per game. So the minutes are on the rise. And I think the fact that he hasn't played that much this year will avoid any sort of rookie burnout. So I think that actually helps him, uh, rest the season. And there's, absolutely every reason for his role to increase um bender hasn't really shown you know the the proficiency that we might have liked to see at mid-season so i think chris is easily the guy to target here he's banged up for sure bender i mean they're they're playing him they're gonna rest him they don't want him to bang i mean playing with ankle soreness yeah. a guy that of that size we hate seeing big men getting hurt early uh, yeah. that really derails their career so they're gonna take the the Suns with Alex Len know all about that. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, will, I guess we, we could do Alex Len. Is, is he even worth stashing anymore with Ty, Tyson Chandler playing kind of well? And I get that question a lot. Yeah. I, I put him, I, I, I almost always put him like last on the list. You know, people typically give a list of three or four players. Yeah. And he's, yeah, I'm pretty low on him right now. Yeah. I mean, if you cut him, people are like, oh, Alex Len's in the wire. Go get him. Like, you know, exactly. there's so many other guys all these guys are talking about. Um, and then just some cool stats I looked up. Chris has actually been a pretty solid jump shooter. Uh, he has a 48 effective field goal percentage on jumpers, 36 overall. He's 33 on threes. Uh, he's he's actually been bad on layups. That's what's been pulling him down. He's 9 to 26 on layups. This is his last 15 games, by the way. Uh, surprisingly, he's 16 of 24 on dunks. <laughs> so go figure that one out. So yeah, his, I, I'm encouraged a lot. Um, 42% in his last 15 games. So he could be a 44 45 kind of guy and i'll take that all day if a guy could give me one plus blocks in the three yeah for sure the free throw percentages are an issue but you, right. you gotta live with some caveats with a yeah. with a rookie like this yeah you're picking him up like <laughs> it's not like you're, you're trading your the farm for him uh another guy i want to mention dude under the radar guys and 
Man, I, I, I talk crap about him all the time because Earl Watson loves him so much. I wrote in his blurb that someone needs to make a Valentine's Day card with Earl Watson and P.J. Tucker in his blurb on Saturday. Um, he, but he's been really, really good. He had a career-high seven steals on Saturday. You have to pick him up. I mean, he's so under – he's, what, 34% on Yahoo? Come on. I mean, he's he's been good. You can't deny how good he's been. Yes, he may get traded, but for a guy who may not get traded, and he could be a top 65, 70 guy – I think he can be. He's really good for steals. They love him. Put him at the four. Um, yeah, like I would cut T.J. Warren for him in a second. I mean, I think Tucker's going to be legit until he gets traded, if he gets traded. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's just red hot. I don't. He's not going to stay this hot, um, but he's getting the minutes for a reason because he's one of the only people who plays defense on that team. And there's something to be said. You know, you look at the Suns and you think, why isn't Watson playing the young guys more? But there's something to be said. But to you know, lead by example and show them, like, here's yep. a veteran who comes in and works every single day, who works his tail off defensively, doesn't care about his personal stats. Um, just give them an object lesson to, to model themselves after. So I, I, I kind of like what he's doing with the rotation in terms of Tucker. Yep. And I'm with you. I think you got to pick him up right now and just see where it goes. Yeah, to your point, I watched pretty much, like, every Earl Watson press conference, and he always talks about, like you said, the culture. And he wants defense, defense, defense. He wants mm-hmm. people to bring the old lunch pill and get rebounds and all that stuff. He talks about P.J. Tucker all the time. So um, it's for a reason. And I, I, Jonas thinks it's kind of a, a trade thing. I don't think so. I think that he really just wants P.J. Tucker to be a role model for how to play the game. Uh, okay, so um, I'm going to skip over the Warriors. We're ahead of time. So let's go with the Nets. Uh, man, this rest is getting annoying. Karis LeVert got rested on Saturday. They called it knee soreness. That was a new thing after his career-high 30 minutes in the start. He played well in the start, but he just went 1-9 from the field. He had to guard Paul George. It was a tough cover, and he even said it was a tough cover at halftime. And I mean, he, he had a terrible, terrible game, and he's still close when they were trailing. So that speaks volumes. When he's out there, he's probably going to play well. Obviously, he's lost a lot of his luster getting rested twice. That's kind of we, like, we thought that everyone else was going to rest. He had... What, surgery? I think he suffered the injury on February 13th of last year. So he's had a whole year, pretty much, or you know, eight, nine months to get over that. Like, pretty much like Ben Simmons from when he messed up his foot to, like, another month from now. So, I don't know. So what do you, what's your take on the Nets and resting? And, like, how how annoyed are you? And, I don't know, what, what are your ta- what's your takeaway on the Nets? <laughs> It's a big, big question. Yeah, it's um, tough. One. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's certainly annoying. Like I said last week, I'm surprised Brook Lopez isn't getting rested as much. Yeah. Um, we we saw them not so subtly shift towards the youth movement with uh, Trevor Booker uh, uh, heading to the bench there. So, yeah, I mean, everything's in flux. You, you just don't know. I think Hollis Jefferson is obviously on the way up. He's he's trending up, but still, he was. I don't. He had a bad weekend, man. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He's just, it's too inconsistent yeah. uh, between his play and the minutes. We're seeing the bench guys get more minutes than the starters half of the nights. Um, it's real tough. And with Levert resting, you still got to own him, but it definitely takes a little bit of the shine off. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not surprised that the Nets are doing it, given his injury history. But, he, yeah, it knocks him down from, from like, a must-own guy to a, you know, very nice-to-own. Let's see what, uh, what his upside is. Yeah, more of a stash now. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't like Whitehead. I don't like. Um, yeah. Kilpatrick. I don't like Bogdanovich. I don't. There's a lot of guys I don't like. Yeah, it's pretty much just Lavert, Ronde for upside, and Brooke. Um, but that's, that's it. it. Yeah. Lin returning in two to three weeks. We, do I don't even care. I can't do it. When he comes back, they're gonna arrest him again. 
Yeah. I mean, this it's a lost season for them. I mean, there's just nothing they could do. Um, what was I going to say? Um, Ron, yeah, Ronnie's been playing a lot of four, and it just, I mean, he's made a lot of mistakes. So, and Kenny Atkinson said it's like a gut thing, and they, they need to win a game, man. Like, they don't like losing all these games in a row. Brooke actually said he doesn't like, he kind of hinted he doesn't like getting rested on Friday. He was saying that he um, just doesn't like not knowing when he's going to play, not knowing who he's going to play with. And kind of like what Wilson Chandler said, and I think maybe what Wilson Chandler said sparked what Brooks said, where it's just like, I want consistency, and that's annoying. I understand. Yes. Yeah. When you're playing against teams who are playing with the same guys every night, you're at a big disadvantage. Um, it's, it's nice to know who you're playing with. Yeah, to, to Brillo's credit, that's the first negative thing I, that I've heard him say all yeah. season, which is amazing, given the amount <laughs> of losing and chaos that's going on with the rotation, so... Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, all these names are like I would cut Levert for Chris. I would cut Levert maybe even for Jay Rich. I'd cut him for obviously Billy. I'd cut him for Yogi. I mean, all all these names were thrown out there that are hot pickups. Man, do it. It's all good. Levert's gonna get rested too much. I don't think they're gonna change the tune on that. Which I was wrong about. I'm sorry. I still think Levert's gonna be good. Okay, um, Lakers. Uh, Larry Nance had a killer game over the weekend. I love him as a pickup. I would pick him up over Levert. I'd pick him up over not that top tier. Him and Marquise Chris are kind of neck and neck. I think if I want upside, I'd go Chris. But I really like, I really like Nance. In roto leagues, I'd, I'd go with Nance. We already saw him posting top eighty value in about what twenty something minutes earlier this year before his injury. So I, yeah, I love him. I think he's his game translates really well to fantasy. Yeah, plays a lot of center, and we should note that Julius Randle missing time wasn't really. It may have affected his usage slightly. But it wasn't really affecting his minutes. It pretty much was just Tariq Black slotting right into Randall's role. Got it mostly four, a little bit of five, depending on the matchups and the flow. He closed out to five uh, on Thursday, I believe. So, yeah, Nance had a really good week. Um, Zubats had a bad week. Uh, he was coming in hot, and man, uh, he's I call it kind of the Brad Stevens syndrome. Where if you're a big man, you get first half minutes. If you stink in the first half, you're not getting second half minutes. And that's what happened to Zubats. He just had really, I mean, he had marching Gortat schooled him so hard the other day. I was just like, dude, it's just not right. That'd be like me playing against an NBA player. Just like, you could just tell he knew all his mistakes, man. I've just been so impressed by marching Gortat this season. But, anyways, um, Zubats is more of a stash again. Uh, he had a down week. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I still like him a little bit. I mean, the Lakers are not good. They want that top three pick. Yeah, the difference between. Uh, Luke Walton and Brad Stevens is that Stevens is coaching a playoff-bound team. He needs to win games every night. I think that, especially as the season goes on, Walton's going to let guys like Zubat play through those errors. So I, I like him as a rest-of-season stash, but ugh, yeah, that, those two games were brutal. He played 15 minutes combined. Um, really takes the shine off him. And obviously, he'd rather have a guy like Hernan Gomez over him. But I still, I mean, we've seen what he could do. I still like him as a stash, but if you need to win now, it's time to cut him. Yep. Uh, yeah, like you said, he pretty much hit the nail on the head there. And then I, I just want to kind of brag really fast. Uh, I called D'Angelo Russell by low last week. He had a pretty killer week. Didn't yeah. Shoot, didn't shoot the ball well. A lot of turnovers. He was still like top 50. Yeah, his second half season was always, or uh, uh, outlook was always bright. And yep. we're starting to see that. Yeah, he's still, I still buy low. Uh, he didn't have a big, because he missed, he missed so many shots and turned the ball over. Like, if he had shot decent and didn't turn the ball over half as much, he'd be, like, a top-20 guy last week with, like, three games. He was really good. Um, just quickly on Sunday development, which I just want to touch on, Fred Van Vliet has leapfrogged Corey Joseph for the number two spot, apparently, for point guard. Craziness. 
Um, he's all right. I mean, he had a 31-point game in the preseason. He's always caught my eyes. Six-footers, undersized. Dude, six-foot point guard, man. It's the year of the six-foot point guard, apparently. <laughs> so anything you want to add, just kind of keep an eye on it. Yeah, keep an eye on it. Who knows? Dwayne Casey's always, you know, there's a couple spots in his rotation that he likes to keep fluid. So I think this might be one of them. He just kind of mixed things up. Yeah, and then quickly on Derek Favors, a, a, a by-low miss of mine. He looks awful. Uh, I, I don't. He's mm-hmm. done, dude. He needs he needs to get shut down or something. He's droppable. Like of all, yeah. I would drop him for I would drop him for Chris. I would drop him for Nance. I, would, I mean, I'm I'm off it. I'm not saying the nice thing about Favors again. This season, yeah, I, I apologize to anyone who I, I told throughout the season, stay patient. Oh, he's yeah. on the wire? Definitely pick him up. Yeah. Um, you know, his upside's there, blah, blah, blah. And he just doesn't look right. He's yeah. he's not healthy. We're more than halfway through the season, so, you know, this isn't getting better anytime soon. Uh, it's not just going to come out tomorrow night and start averaging 20 and 10 with two blocks. So my patience is, is worn thin. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Um, he's, he's droppable. That's Saturday. When he, they, they played on Thursday or something. It was like they had a Thursday game or a Wednesday game, and then they played Saturday, and then they were off again until Wednesday. Like he only had like almost a week between games besides that. So that was just like, all right, dude, this is not good, and he's been bad yeah. since. Okay, so we're at buy low, sell, top, sell high time. Um, I'm, I got lazy because I, I will move fast. I said Deion Waiters for the reasons we already said. You probably did the same thing, didn't you? Uh, this is for sell high. Yeah, sell high. Sorry, I said uh, I said without saying Lou Williams again. Basically, yep. uh, I'll go with Dion Waiters, yeah, or Yogi Ferrell, or Robert Covington. Nice. Yes, I, abso- I absolutely have Dion Waiters. How high would you go on? Would you like if someone gives you? Huh, that's a good question. How about um, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, I like I would go like top seventy five if someone offered me a top seventy five player. For, for, for waiters for Farrell, over oh, Farrell, um, yeah, I'd probably take that. I mean, we're seeing peak Farrell right now. He's not oh, going to absolutely. He was yeah, number so. he was the number sixteen player last week. Yeah, it's not so. <laughs> let's capitalize on it. D Will's out. Beret's out. It's, yeah, the situation's going to change. Definitely. Um, I wonder how has so, people Yogi Mania man. It's it's like all over Sports Center, and people love new guys. Like you can definitely. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, in a baseball league I was in, uh, this guy, I don't know if you remember, this guy named Chris Shelton, he was in the Tigers. He had like seven or eight home runs in the first like week. And I traded him for and a couple, and a, some small pieces for A-Rod. It was like the second. Uh, for, like, this is like peak A-Rod. He was on the Rangers. This is like ten years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was always, like I always talk about that trade when you're like, dude, what are you doing? Don't buy and like, get a little sample there before you start It's trading. like your, uh, the, the patless stash moment. <laughs> Uh, okay, so who do you got for a buy low? Uh, buy low, I, I, I'll still go with the guy I picked last week. This isn't going to be my this week's pick, but I still think Lorcas Aldridge is a buy low. Oh. Um, but for this week, I'm going to say Kristaps Porzingis. And oh. the caveat here is that his owners almost definitely are in love with him and and won't really uh, sell him at a discount. But he hasn't been good for the past two weeks. Uh, you know, came back from that Achilles. He's been slow, shooting 43% from the field, 70% from the line, averaging, you know, under 14 points. Uh, I think he's going to pick it up as the season goes along. And I, I think if you're going to trade for him, this is probably the best time. Yeah, I almost put him on there, but I hate back injuries and I hate Achilles injuries, man. We saw what happened to Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley's been out for, what, three weeks with one game yeah. just in there. So that scares me. But, yeah, I mean, see how low they'll go. If you live in New York City and the guy has Chris Stapps, you probably don't even want to bother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's he's he's at his low point pretty much. So there you go. 
Uh, I said Paul Millsap. Uh, I'm still waiting for Millsap to kind of just bust loose. He had that one big game on Sunday, that six, or, sorry, four overtime game. But he hasn't really been doing much. His blocks are kind of down. Steals are kind of down. His assists have kind of gone away. He's not shooting the three very well. I don't know. I'm just waiting for Millsap. I'm, I still think Millsap's going to be really good. He hasn't quite busted loose. And I think Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway Jr. overshadowing him may have hurt him a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's that's fair enough. I think his tired his uh, owners I should say are tired of waiting for him to post that top twenty value. Yeah. So go get him. Cool. And one thing I just noticed when I looked up numbers that were per like per game over the past two weeks, the number one player per game over the past two weeks made me made me want to cry. Joel Embiid. <laughs> he only had one game, but his oh, his number boy. one game per average is the best game of the week. Man, it was such a good game. And then Cody Zeller, by the way, is number five. Cody Zeller's last game was amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah so that's cool. Okay, so we're to your questions. John Billabo, he's asking, uh, Zubots was dropped uh, after two duds. So he's looking for stashes of Zubots, Brandon Knight, Alex Land, Brandon Jennings, LeVert, or Jay Rich. All three. Uh, that's ooh. a tough one in a vacuum. That's tough. Uh, I guess I go with Josh Richardson yeah. first. Uh, this is just for rest of season value, I suppose. So. Yeah, it just is. I guess he's trying to stash. He said called the stash, so like playoff upside. Yeah, I guess I go with Josh Richardson. Um, then maybe Zubats, Levert, uh, Jennings. After that, just in kind of in the hopes that Rose gets hurt. Uh, yep. Then Knight in case he's traded, I suppose, and then Len. Uh, I would flip Len over Knight, but everything else I agree one hundred percent. Like, I, yeah. I'm done with Knight. I mean, where, if he goes to mine, where's he going to go? Right, and will his will he suddenly start making more than 40% of the shots? <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Yeah, that one season, man, that one season in Milwaukee just skewed his value so hard. He was like, 8-cat, he was like 15th for like 30, or like 45, or, I'm sorry, like 75% of the season. But besides yeah. that, he hasn't really been very good. Um, Patrick's asking... Um, I think it's, I meant to type 12 team head to head nine cat, pick two centers long term value. So, again, kind of same thing with playoffs. Robin Lopez, Greg Monroe, Zubots, or Henson? Two. One, I think, I don't know, I think I'll go first. I, I think you still got to go Robin Lopez. He's not that great, but rock solid. I just don't want to, it's more about, I'm not, I don't want to mess with Milwaukee. Like, it's such a headache. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to want to drop him every day. So, I would take Robin and Zubots. Okay, fair enough. I actually went uh, Monroe and Zubats because oh. I'm kind of just tired of Rolo at this yeah. point. Um, but I'm with you. We, we've seen Rolo get hot before. Uh, he's still maybe trying to find his way in the bull system. I think if he played with Rondo more, it would help him. Same, you know, what, what Taj said last week, I think holds true for Lopez as well. But I don't know. That's a tough group. But yeah, I still like Monroe, especially if he's, if he's not traded, then maybe think about dumping him for someone else. But I'd, I'd hold him for now. Yep. All right. And Raimon Corona is asking to pick the best rest of season value. So from this point, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, which I'm sure we're going to... Well, actually, it's not that far down. Malcolm Brogdon, Austin Rivers, Tim Hardaway Jr., which we didn't really talk about. And Seth... I'm assuming that's it's got to be Seth Curry. It's not Steph. <laughs> yeah, Seth Curry for sure. Uh, after him, I'd go Hardaway, then... I don't know, Rivers and Brockton. Yeah, massive gap between those two. Uh, between, between like, like you said, I'd rather have Curry, Hardaway, call it a, if we're, if we're gauging, like, gaps between these, I'd probably put, like, Curry and Hardaway at, like, a three, and then Hardaway and Rivers at, like, a 
13. Like it, it's just yeah, not it's even drop. like they're massive drops like, and still pretty sizable curry uh as great as hardaway's been i mean are we buying hardaway or what like just he's a shooting guard he's really scoring dependent assists are up a little bit steals are up a little bit he's been playing really well so what like top 85 something like that uh, i wouldn't go that high to be honest no? um no i don't love his supporting stats yeah you, you know you said the assists are up a little bit he gets getting some steals but i don't trust him to shoot the ball efficiently um, no, I don't know. I'd put him top 100, maybe. Okay. Uh, his his uh, threes are killing right now. He's he's really shooting a lot of threes. And some of this is on Thabo Cephalosian not playing. But yeah, I think that, I think Thabo coming... And Thabo's not a high-usage player, so... Uh, I think that... And actually, one other note I wanted to say is DeAndre Bembry. He may have leapfrogged uh, Dunleavy for the, the fourth wing. So that's something to watch. He came in before <laughs> him in the last game. So I love ben, I love Bembry. Do you get a chance to check Bembry out in the past couple of days? Yeah, I've seen him a couple times. Yeah, he's I'm going with you. He looks impressive. Limited minutes, you know. I'd like to see what he does with a bigger role, but yeah, just straight glue guy, Bruce, Bruce Bowen style. Just guys that just are out there and giving good minutes for their coach, but doesn't have much value. Um, but he he could score in college. Okay, so Eddie Zamora is asking about a couple IR guys. Uh, have Powell and Jay Rich on his IR. He has to drop two of these guys: Levert, Zubats, Noel, and he's in first place. And it seems kind of obvious. So he doesn't have to drop anyone. He right, yeah, so he can either drop Powell. He could. He could. Do, I guess he could just drop Richardson if you wanted to, or Powell even. Oh, he. Oh, he has. So he has I'm Powell. Sorry. Yeah, he has Powell and Richardson on his IR, but he wants to clear it. Um, so I hear um, yeah. Or like, could you just drop J. Rich and not worry about I, it? Yeah, I mean that that works for me. Yeah, I, I might. I might be okay dropping Zubats to activate Powell. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're not dropping know. Noel. No, not cutting yeah. Noel. Uh, Levert, I'm still holding out a bit of hope for, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you got to take, as, as worried as we are about the rest with Powell, it's Powell Gasol. <laughs> yeah, you got to so, keep him. Yeah, so you got to get him in there, like, drop either one. Yeah, I probably would. The Levert resting is so bad, so annoying, man. Um, again, not getting rested on a back-to-back, both both times he sat was not in a back-to-back. That that kills me. I hate that. So yeah, as much as I love, I love the bird as a player, but in fantasy, man, that rest kills you. You can't you can't go from a three-game week to a two-game week and lose fifty what go from one hundred fifty to fifty or sixty-six percent of your stats are are only there versus the hundred. So that's not cool. Yeah. So to to clarify where I come down on this because I, I read it wrong. Uh, so basically, he has to pick two of these five players. Pretty much. Yeah. And, I, and, and I would say Powell, Noel for sure. Yeah. Um, and then if you've got Jay Rich on your IR, I would just wait until he's healthy and then play him and cut, you know, Zubats if he's not picking it up, or Levert if he's getting rested, whoever, which, which of the, whichever of those two is least appealing. Yep, sounds good to me. So we're good. Longer pod. Thought we were going to fly through this thing. So you guys enjoy your week, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. You got it, Mike. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.